You're listening to Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun, a Utah Lake Commission podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun podcast. My name is Sam Brager, the Outreach Coordinator for the Utah Lake Commission and your podcast host. And in today's episode, I have a special guest returning with us, and that is Melissa Stamp. And if any of you have been listening from the beginning, you'll hopefully remember that name. If not, you should, because she's awesome. Um, But Melissa is uh, an employee for the Mitigation Commission, and that's the abbreviation of the name, because I think (laughs) you'll have to correct me here. Let's see if I can get it. The Utah Mitigation and Reclamation Commission. Is that what the full one is? I I always get it wrong. I almost have to read it myself every time. Utah (laughs) Reclamation Mitigation and Conservation Commission. I knew I forgot something. (laughs) So Melissa and this this agency she works for, they are the head of the Pro River Delta Restoration Project. So she's been on a couple times on the podcast, and we love working with her and the other crew over there at uh, Mitigation Commission about this topic. So today she's here to share updates with us um, since we last spoke and kind of talk about the upcoming months as well for the project. So Melissa, thank you so much for coming on, and I appreciate your patience with my technological difficulties as well <laughs> here. Um could you start, though? I think some people listening may not have heard of the project. Could you describe for us what the Prober River Delta Restoration Project is? Absolutely. Thanks, Sam. And thanks for having me on the podcast again. Really appreciate um, the Lake Commission's support in getting the word out uh, through the podcast and other methods uh, so folks can know what's going on with this cool project. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know... The Delta Project is a river restoration project located near Utah Lake State Park and the Provo Marina. We're doing our construction north of there, and we're west of Provo High School. Um, And the project involves relocating the outlet of the Provo River to the north of its existing channel into a restored delta area that's going to be built on about 260 acres of acquired property. Um, And it's an ambitious project. It's a large-scale project. And what we're really trying to do is recreate a naturally functioning delta that where the river and the lake can dynamically interact um, without being sort of hemmed in by levees and dikes, which is more like what the current condition of the uh, river outlet is. Um, So when we complete our kind of constructed delta area and lower north half of Skipper Bay Dyke, most of the Provo River's flow will be diverted into this restored area. The existing river channel, though, I want to emphasize, that's going to stay in place and will continue to receive a small amount of flow. Uh, we're committed to making sure that area still remains a community amenity, um, making sure you can still fish there, that there's water to enjoy when you walk on the trail um, down in that area. And we're going to be installing um, a small dam near the state park that will essentially make a long linear pond, uh, community fishery, and various amenities. So kind of like Highland Glen or Bartholomew Pond, but better because it's closer <laughs> to Utah Lake, right? <laughs> sure. But uh, I, I, as I've mentioned to you before, my, my wife and I have gone paddleboarding on the river before. And it's that's one thing that was hard was trying to get down in there. You kind of just have to mm-hmm. scramble down the riverbank. So it'll be really cool. Uh, to have a handful of those access points, it'll make it a lot easier for people to be able to get in and and really enjoy because it. it's a beautiful section of river and trail. It there. really is. So yeah. it's really exciting. You guys are able to improve that amenity for the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's part of the project as well is making sure that channel is still an amenity. Um, but the kind of the biggest push, the need for doing this 
big project. It's a big deal to move one of the largest rivers in Utah and change the outlet of it. But the need is really driven by the need to recover the threatened June sucker, which is you almost said endangered there. I almost (laughs) I say endangered all the time. I know it. it, It's an exciting shift of language. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Like I said, I just dropped off your. We updated our fact sheet to say threatened. That's (laughs) right. We've got some on hand if anybody needs them. (laughs) Um, And our website, we had to kind of go through and do that. So that's been awesome that a a fish that used to be endangered, I think it's one of only four that have been downlisted um, nationwide. And this is just a really special fish. It's unique to Utah Lake. It's the only place in the whole world where it occurs naturally. And we've been able to downlist its uh, risk to threatened um, partly because of projects underway like the Delta Project, um, but also very much uh, to the credit of a successful hatchery program that raises June sucker and has been stocking them back into Utah Lake. And the hope with this Delta Project is that it will be that missing piece of the puzzle uh, to allow the population to no longer have to rely on just being stocked from a hatchery, that this will provide a place where the the young June suckers can grow up and survive and find food and hide from predators. That's great. And as we've talked in the past, the project started construction itself in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, what a great year to try and start a construction on a project. <laughs> yeah. um, as you said, though, great water years for it. So it's been a good start. If you would share with everybody since March of 2020, what the project has been able to accomplish so far. Yeah. Okay, so I can give you some numbers. Basically, we did some prep work starting in March, really got to the point where we were excavating ponds and channels last June. So coming just up on a year now. Um, And at this point, we've built more than two miles of new river channels, constructed eight very large ponds, a whole bunch of smaller wetlands. I think about 25 acres of excavated new habitat has been constructed And that's a lot of digging, and we've had to haul away most of that excess material. We've been able to reuse some of the higher-quality soil on site to promote revegetation. But I think we've hauled more than 100,000 cubic yards of of dirt (laughs) off-site. a lot of dirt. Um, Yeah, I think it's like about 47 football fields worth. Um, That's crazy. We filled that all up with like a foot of dirt. So we've hauled all that away from the project area, and we're fortunate to kind of timing-wise have it work out that the site of the Provo City's future regional sports park, kind of over by the airport, um, east of it a little ways, pretty close haul from our project. So we've been taking that material there. They need to raise the, the, the ground level there to build the soccer fields and so forth. So that's been an awesome partnership. That's really cool. So I know there's other elements like the park with Provo City and all these Mm -hmm. features on the existing trail, but for the work that's being done on the construction of the Delta itself, that feature, what percentage would you estimate you guys are done, if you will? Like, are we like 25%? Are we 50% through? Like, Yeah, I would say we're getting close to about 50% of all the river Delta channels. feature construction. Yes, right. of the Delta feature construction. Yeah, we have a map that we kind of put on our website regularly that sort of we color in progress blue as we excavate it. And then the gray p- channel pieces are what we still need to do. And okay, I was, cool. yeah, I was looking at that this morning. I was like, we're getting close to halfway. And our goal for 2021 is to actually finish basically all those gray 
pieces. Okay, so that was my next question is what mm-hmm. what's the plan for this year now? I mean, we're, yeah. we're in May, so we still got most of the year left. Yeah, yeah. So we do have a lot of months left to go. And so we are trying to turn all those gray pieces blue by the end of 2021. Um, and the hope is... It, you know, some of you might think, oh, well, then aren't you done and it'll be done. No, we have a lot more to do next year. <laughs> a big effort that uh, they're anticipating will take quite a bit of next year is lowering that northern half of Skipper Bay Dyke. It's kind of a tight access and there's a lot of material to pull out of there. And so that's going to take some time. And that'll be a big shift in focus. Um, one thing I'll mention that'll be kind of interesting to see kind of another milestone as we get closer to finishing our excavation this year. So far, we've really just been constructing out in what we're calling the delta zone of our project Mm -hmm. area. And so that's the area that's this low-lying land that when we lower the dike will be lake-influenced. So the lake level will have an effect. It'll be very slow-moving water. Most of it will be underwater even in the summer when it's dry. And then kind of as we turn the corner of the project, we get into what we're calling the riverine zone, where there's still some slope to the channel. There'll be rocks on the bed of the channel. There's a little more energy, um, kind of just where the river would start to braid or spread out. And so that's going to be a shift in excavation because so far we've really been able to dig these ponds and channels without having to do bank protection measures and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, And so starting in August, September of this year, we think we'll be on some of the riverine section where we'll have to put rock in the bed and we're going to build these really crazy, I call them coconut fiber burritos, which sort of sounds like a weird food (laughs) item. Um, But you use these really dense mats of biodegradable coconut fiber blocks and almost build up the bank of the channel and then backfill it with some soil. And so because otherwise there's no stability there right away because you're counting on vegetation long term, but that doesn't grow in for a while. Um, and so that's going to go slower <laughs> when we get to that part. It's a little more finesse needed, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, it's a little more detail. So that'll be kind of an interesting transition to see later this fall on what we've got coming down the down the line for 2021. Cool. Construction. That's exciting. That's uh, really cool to hear that things are going so quickly on the Delta yeah. features. It's really exciting to see it progressing. Yeah. Um, as far as cool things, I know I mentioned that there was a couple of little tidbits you were sharing with me before about stuff that's kind of been happening. Uh, please go ahead and share on some of those. Sure. A couple other um, milestones recently. Um, we've been doing a very intensive effort of bird monitoring at the Delta Project property itself, but also 22 monitoring sites between kind of Powell Slough on the northern end all the way to the south part of Provo Bay. Um, and this is related to the fact that we're in close proximity to the Provo Airport. Sure, And yeah. so bird strike risk is a big concern. And so one of our commitments, we take that risk very seriously, has been to keep an eye on both pre-project, what are the bird movements and populations like, and what do we change with changing the habitat the way we're planning to, um, and what does that mean for for risk, and that will be part of the long-term management of the property. But one of the monitors um, we've been funding, we have a, a wildlife biologist with Bureau of Reclamation, and then uh, a host of BYU students and a professor that are helping do a lot of the monitoring. 
Um, but they just had their one millionth bird observation. <laughs> hey, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing it for four years now. So we started wow. well before construction of the actual Delta project. Um, she saw a yellow warbler along Skipper Bay Dyke. <laughs> so um, that was kind of exciting. And we've updated the resources tab on our website. There's tons of maps and you can kind of play with the GIS application to look for different information about all the monitoring data. Oh, so like the different sightings and stuff. Yeah, you could say, where are all the yellow warblers? Or, you know, where are we seeing pelicans? And you can kind of run filters and check all that out. So I know of a couple birders who would be very, I'm sure they're probably already aware, but if they aren't, they'd be very excited to see that. That's really cool. Yeah, so it's a neat data set um, if anyone's interested in checking that out. Um, One other thing I wanted to mention, I think you already mentioned that um, we've have a stop motion video on our website also that shows how those swamp mats have helped us get yes, out yeah, to super where cool we're excavating video. and all that. And that's kind of another partnership where Provo City Power installed some poles for us on the site. And then with Reclamation's help, they put some cool cameras up on those poles and are kind of maintaining some of that data for us and Department of Interior is another one of the joint leads implementing the project. They've been funding that effort. And so the idea with that is we're keeping good track of how the site changes as we're doing construction. We'll be able to kind of watch as vegetation comes in long term um, by having those stationary uh, photo monitoring points. So that's kind of another thing I wanted to mention. We call them sky eyes (laughs) because (laughs) pole, pole cameras isn't very, you know. It doesn't sound exciting. No, yeah. Not Sky Eyes sounds way cooler. <laughs> um, oh, and one other thing, and we can get into the site tours we've been doing, but this has been fun to kind of see, and it really engages people. Gosh, as we've been excavating out there, as I mentioned, 100,000 cubic yards of material, um, the soil is really interesting out there, and a lot of it has tons of shells in it. It feels like you're at the beach. And those shells are from aquatic mollusks and snails. And it's an indicator. This area used to be connected to the lake, used to be part of Skipper Bay, which was a much larger bay. Sure. Basically, our project is west of the historic shoreline of Utah Lake. And so as we dig these things up, we're like, yeah, this used to be the lake. Otherwise, this wouldn't be here, right? If it was just a random farm field. Um, And so it's been really interesting to see those. We've had uh, some folks help with ID. Um, Apparently, they've identified about 10 species of mollusks, and one of them is now extirpated from Utah Lake, so you can't find it in the lake anymore. Interesting. Yeah, it occurs elsewhere. So it's just kind of like, oh, we're excavating the historic condition sure. of this bay and and the animals that used to live there. There's there's signs of them. <laughs> That's really Which cool. Is, Before yeah. the dike went in, right, and everything. Exactly. And everything exactly. got changed over for agricultural in the area. Right, right. It's kind of a reminder of a, a previous ecosystem condition that we're sure. trying to restore a little part of. Um, so that's been kind of fun, too. That's really cool. Ten species of mollusk. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And so that's kind of a push uh, for maybe what I wanted to also mention was these site tours we are doing for the public. Yeah, please, please go ahead. Yeah. Um, In general, the site is closed to the public during construction. So that's kind of the deal until we're all the way done and it's safe to be out there. 
on your own. But every second Saturday of the month, we started in April and we'll go through October of this year. We're hosting tours for the general public. And you can sign up on the Contact Us page of our website. We are requiring pre-registration just to kind of manage group size. Um, And each Saturday, there's a, a few different time slots you can sign up for, including one slot when you can volunteer to uh, get your hands dirty, help pull some weeds. Hey, there some... you go. It's an interactive <laughs> tour. Yes, and that's the interactive <laughs> tour. You can have the passive or the active tour. Um, our next one's coming up June 12th. And I think with the scavenger hunt you guys are hosting mm-hmm. soon, yep. one of the missions um, we've proposed is to show up for that June 12th. Oh, so that one's limited. Anybody listening to the podcast right now, there's only going to be so many spots on (laughs) this tour. So if you want those points, you better sign up soon. (laughs) We'll make sure the link's in the show notes for that one too. Okay. Yep. So show up June 12th. And again, just pre-register on our website ahead of time. Is that I should ask, is that going to be you doing the tour? I will do some of the tours. Um, Paula Trader in our office has been- Oh, Paula's great too. Yeah. She's going to be out there also. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then she'll probably run the volunteer session. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's some cool tours. I, I'll have to tell you there. I think we did an episode when we actually, our staff did one of these tours before. And in the past, mm-hmm. it was primarily just for, you know, agency partners, you know, interested yeah. elected officials and things. It was a really limited group. Right. So it's really exciting for, for anybody listening that they've opened this up to the public because it's a really cool opportunity to build. I'm assuming it's somewhat similar where they're able to walk through yeah. a section of the project under supervision. So nobody's doing anything crazy in a hard head <laughs> zone. Um, but really cool to be able to get out there and see this work they're doing and be able to actually ask questions and learn more about it instead of, you know, just walk by or drive by and see, you know, construction equipment in the distance. Right. So it's not too often that a construction project of this magnitude, does somebody actually get to come on site and witness it for themselves and see where it's at and be able to actually talk with somebody, learn more about it. So strongly recommend, even if you can't do the June 12th one for points in the scavenger hunt, (laughs) Sometime soon, doing one of those those tours would be a really cool opportunity for anybody listening. Yeah, it and it's an opportunity for us also. Like the folks who have come to the last two tours, very knowledgeable. You know, they live nearby. They tell us about some of the history they remember oh, in that's the great. area, and just a lot of skill sets too. I mean, it's going to be a project that's going to need stewardship long term, also. And I think it's just awesome to try to connect with the community. Um, make sure they know what's going on and what to expect and have them engaged long term. For sure. Well, Melissa, we really appreciate you coming back on to, to update everybody. And I know what we'll plan to do another one maybe in the fall sometime. You said tours are done in October, right? So maybe yeah. we'll we'll shoot for some time after that because I'm sure you'll be pretty mm-hmm. busy through that season. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for updating. Is there is there anything else that you would share with everybody today? I think one last thing I will mention Um One element of the project and of the June Sucker program in general is that it's tied to water supply and one of the, uh, and is also an impetus to provide in stream flow water. And so, um, one of the other goals of our project is it committed an additional block of water for flows in the, the Provo River to make sure it doesn't dry up in the summer. And I wanted to mention, like, right now, um, Flows have come up on the Provo River, and that is, it's a very dry year. They're not releasing from the reservoirs on purpose. So this is June sucker purchased water that's being delivered downstream to provide a small kind of spring peak to motivate spawning June sucker to come spawn in the existing channel. 
And if folks want to go look for June Sucker, we're expecting it will be a good year to do that next week and kind of the last two weeks of May. We're expecting as that flow comes down again, if you go look for them around Lakeshore Drive, you can usually yeah. see them. I was going to say last year yeah. I went down there with it with our GoPro and it's it's an mm-hmm. amazing site to really see it just how really many neat. are there. Yeah. So go look for that in the next two weeks. And I uh, just wanted to remind folks that that water is part of what this project is providing and what the recovery program is helping achieve. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Melissa. We really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you check the show notes for any of the links that we've been discussing for those listening so that you can you know, join the scavenger hunt. You can go to one of the tours, see the awesome videos that they've done and everything else. But thank you so much for listening in today. Thanks for listening to Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe so that you can receive notifications each time an episode comes out on Thursday mornings. And if there's something in here that you feel you can share, please post the link online, share with your friends so that everyone else can also learn about the facts, fiction, and fun to do with Utah Lake.